Welcome to Two Therapist Tales, a podcast where Jacqueline Sabodi and Anna Zonin work to normalize conversations about mental health. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to Two Therapist Tales. I'm Jacqueline Sabodi. And I'm Anna Zonin. And today we have a very extra special guest with us. Hi. <laughs> this is Malia Siegel. She is a licensed clinical social worker and a registered play therapist. Malia specializes in working with school-aged children from age 4 to 18. She uses the breath, play, and movement, as well as her own authentic voice and style to move clients' progress forward. And she loves grapes. She I love does. grapes and french fries. <laughs> yes. All have french fries. Yes. Today we wanted to get together and talk about all things related to coronavirus, what we have been going through over the last few months, and how it has impacted our mental health community. Um, so I hope you can join us. This is more going to be more like a roundtable and an interactive conversation around some of the things that um, we've um, seen while dealing with this pandemic with the rest of the world mm -hmm. and, um, you know, maybe some tips on how to cope a little better because I know it's been a real struggle for a lot of people. Some of the things that I've kind of been just circling in my head, um, and I think also just as things start to back, open back up, is some of the shame and anxiety that maybe ourselves and our clients and people outside of that community have been feeling. Um, I think maybe some people are afraid to talk up and share their emotions and feelings. And so we are hoping that this podcast fosters those conversations to flow a little bit easier for yourself and your families and your community. So we each kind of have a target population. Um, Anne and I may have shared that um, during our first podcast. Um, and now we have Malia who specializes in children. So we're going to start just by sharing a little bit um, in terms of what we've seen with our um, special specialties and, and our populations. So everyone wants to begin. Yeah. Malia, do you want to begin? Because you're the special guest. Sure. I would love to. This is my avoidance talking. <laughs> so, well, it's funny because when you started talking about like shame and mm -hmm. about talking about feelings, I think mm. right now people are in a weird phase of like how to feel about coronavirus. Mm. Like I mm -hmm. think especially at the peak in March, um, it, like we were all in anxiety survival mm -hmm. mode. And mm -hmm. so it felt very um, high frequency, mm -hmm. like, oh my gosh, like the danger is so near. There's no toilet paper. Mm -hmm. I have to buy like $200 <laughs> worth of things at the grocery store. And we've kind of like, there was like a lull and maybe there's starting to be like an uptick again. But now mm -hmm. it feels like there is um, like... Like when I think about feelings, I think there's like confusion. Mm -hmm. um, there's distrust mm -hmm. in like either government or mm -hmm. like health organizations, like what information is valid. Mm -hmm. And so even that I think is creating like um, like a frenetic, mm -hmm. like where do I get the right quote unquote mm -hmm. information? Mm -hmm. um, and I think for kids, it just like however the adults around mm -hmm. them are behaving is usually going to drip onto them or, you know, like kids are going to pick up on that. So if you're feeling anxious about coronavirus, like your kids are going to, too, even if you're like trying to pretend like everything is fine, <laughs> mm -hmm. which I think is normal because you're also like, again, like I'm like, it's, we don't know. Mm -hmm. So it's mm -hmm. almost like if I don't have the information to fully like sit in my anxiety, then I guess I'll try to 
relax and breathe <laughs> and pretend like it's fine until I have more information. Um, so, yeah, so I think the kids are confused. I think especially now, so we're at like, what, 15 weeks of being at home. And I think parents are starting to like branch out a little bit, I mm-hmm. guess, in some situations. Mm-hmm. Every family is totally different. Again, this is where shame comes up because mm-hmm. you have some families who are like, oh my gosh, I would never let my kids like go do a backyard or, or, or yeah, sideway. Yeah, like judgment. Thing. Like yeah. I think we're in a place where everybody's a little being a little judgy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. judgy. And I think that comes from, and maybe like my hope would be as a social worker, right, we want to try to trace it back to something that is a little bit more benevolent. So mm-hmm. maybe it is something like I'm just fearful for mm-hmm. my kids or mm-hmm. whatever. But sometimes it comes out in like, oh, how could you let your kids do that? Yeah. And so maybe it's this just thinking about, well, maybe this parent is like had it up to their eyeballs and they're like, please go play with someone else. That's not <laughs> right. Me. Yeah. You know, like, and it's not to say that, oh, like, I don't care about the risk anymore. It's just like, I'm getting so inundated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. So the kids are, like I said, different families are doing different things. They're, you know, experimenting with like backyard hangs, driveway play dates, mm-hmm. um, and I think the kids, um, every age again is different. So I feel like the littlest ones, maybe like four to seven are like, okay. Like they're, you know, they have their siblings, they're playing with their parents a lot. I think eight to 11 is probably having a really hard time because they're, they were just getting into like socializing mm-hmm. and being like independent players. A stage of with development. Each other. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and like the tweens and teens, like mm. forget about it. Like I think they're just doing. <laughs> you want me to pick up on that? <laughs> right. Yeah. I think they're like, you know what? I'm going to go do what I want to do. And I dare someone to stop me. And I'm sure, again, a parent is like, oh, do I need to fight this fight? Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. So I don't know. But um, you'll drop off where I pick up, which mm-hmm. is exactly what mm-hmm. happens with our client referrals. <laughs> right. Exactly. Right. Graduate uh, to you. Yes. So I do think that there has been a lot of pushback um, with teens and in their family systems. Um, some are really respectful and, and honoring their parents' wishes. But I do think as restrictions have lifted, um, teens have been a lot more um brazen and seeing their friends and going to the beach and, you know, telling their parents they're socially distancing and wearing masks. But in actuality, they're telling me in sessions that's not what's happening. Um, and I think that parents may have been seeing a myriad of, of symptoms over the last um, few months. You know, there might be anger or sadness or frustration, um, you know, concern for the financial state of their family or their um their physical well-being, depending on, you know, what type of setting their parents were going into. Um, and then also, you know, just the shift in, in normalcy. So, you know, being off of a schedule, being off a routine, not being immersed in things that create um, create a sense of normalcy for them. So school and coaches and sports. Um, and those are all really things that are part of a teen's life that help um, improve self-esteem and create resiliency and you know, like just independence, independence from absolutely. your parents. Yeah, and absolutely. Like, oh, I can do this without. Yep. Yeah. Um, and then also like we're entering the phase in, you know, most teens, children's lives that's supposed to be like jovial and lighthearted and just a total mental break, right? Like summer mm-hmm. is supposed to just like represent like freedom and spending time with friends. And that looks so different this summer. Um, and also just like, again, like things like 
college visits, SATs, mm -hmm. summer jobs, um, summer sports camps, just all of those things that, you know, again, are like normalcy in a teen's life are, are just so upside down. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think the, the when I think it's too about feelings is like that grief of mm -hmm. losing um, graduations mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. end of the year celebrations mm -hmm. and moving up and all that kind of stuff. Um, and just really being able to celebrate Mm -hmm. moving through and mm -hmm. I know like a lot of schools have been um, pretty lenient with grading and just been like you did mm -hmm. it you made it it's yep. fine but it does kind of just take the wind out of the sails if you're if you were somebody who was working really hard yes you don't really get to yeah. celebrate in it yeah yeah the graduation is like that's a whole other yeah. topic and then the other thing is just that Teens are so attached to their phone. That's such a normal part of their communication, which lucky for me, most of my teens transferred to telehealth very seamlessly. But mm -hmm. I don't know that parents are so aware at how inundated um, our teens are right now with images and uh, media coverage and news. You know, they are attached to those phones 24-7. And, yeah. you and know, it's, it's not it's really also, like a great filter on even for us, like – there's things that I come across. I'm like, I don't want to see this. Yeah. You know? And sometimes it's like silly things. And like we can choose, right? A, chick, a kitchen hack. <laughs> like, I'm like, why is this on my thing? And then there's other stuff like on the other spectrum that's like, you know, the riots and things that yes. are like very violent in nature. And so, yeah, I think kids are, be, are seeing a lot of stuff and maybe not even like processing it fully. It's just like images not, that they're just swiping and yeah. passing through. Yeah. Just, you know, the racial conflict, the uh, mm -hmm. social inequality and, um, you know, just the tremendous loss that our nation is facing, um, which absolutely adds to distress and then in turn impacts their emotional and mental wellness. So, um, yeah, so we're seeing a lot of implications for increase in fear and anxiety and mm -hmm. shared global trauma and, you know, a generation that's been exposed to a lot more, you know, before generations pass. Like we have teens that, you know, preparing for school shootings is, is a normal thing. Mm -hmm. um, and now, you know, being exposed to natural disasters is a normal thing, you know, mm -hmm. so... Yeah, we're probably on pace for a natural disaster, right? We've already, we have. Yes, it's hurricane season. Is yep. it hurricane season? In, in like July. Yeah. yeah, late July. summer. It's coming. Fall. There we go. Yeah. We got another one because we don't have enough. Right. Mm -hmm. But you know, Billy Joel got it right all those years ago. We didn't start the fire. It's always there. <laughs> Constant. <Yeah. laughs> um, so a lot of us, I guess, well, most of us, all of us, <laughs> had to. Um, start using telehealth as a mm -hmm. means to uh, treat our clients mm -hmm. and even see our families and communicate mm -hmm. with friends. And I think, you know, just now in June, May is when we really started to even um, see each other in person, right? Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. Start to get back to the office or, you know, uh, create a little bit of sense of normalcy. So how has telehealth um, uh, changed us as clinicians in the face of uh, the pandemic, you know, has it been more intimate because we're seeing, you know, a lot of our clients in their homes, seeing um, so many pets, their pets, <laughs> their bedrooms. families, their interactions, <laughs> you know, and some really funny things come about too. I don't know about you guys, but you know, things I'm like, well, oh, gosh, you know, do I really need I to had, see like, that? I had like an armpit on the screen for like a <laughs> solid 30 seconds. I was like, hey, hi. <laughs> yeah, I think it's again for every age, it's like so different. Like you have little kids, I'm looking up noses or they're like, doing like backbends yep. or weird contortionist things. I'm like, I don't know if you should be doing that on camera. Like, <laughs> with I feel, yeah, I feel weird about this. Uh, I think it's interesting. I think the kids have adjusted fairly well. Again, I think age-wise, like 
the six and a half and higher. And that's, I know it's very specific, but I just, I'm thinking of a few that younger than that, like they have a really hard time mm-hmm. staying connected mm. because it, it it is so much eye contact. And I'm asking them, you know, one thing I said to parents is like, I'm doing a lot more like question and answer. And so you are present, pulling yeah. more from that part of the brain that's not mm-hmm. fully developed mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. six and a half and lower crew. Mm-hmm. The older kids are a little bit more, uh, they have a higher attention span and they can access more like, frontal you know, lobe, yeah, the frontal pre, lobe yeah, activity, yeah, the executive the functions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, but yeah, it's been, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't hate it. I also don't love it. <laughs> I think I'm just dealing with it and adjusting. I have like a nice little setup. Mm-hmm. I have a kneeling chair that you guys got for me mm. for the office when we thought we had so much more space. <laughs> um, but I have a kneeling chair, so I'm not like, you know, sitting all the time. And then I have my computer up on a box so that I'm like, my posture isn't like collapsing. Mm-hmm. Cause I, mm-hmm. you could sit there for four hours and you just crumple and get small and your back starts to blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. So yeah, it was, I, it was very uncomfortable for me to sit for long periods of time. I well, could the, not figure that out. Well, mm-hmm. the other thing was like, Okay, we were like, this is going to be two weeks, and then it was not Mm -hmm. right. So, we, you know, I know for us, I had to very quickly create an at-home office that felt cozy and replicated my office at home because, or my office, (laughs) it is, it is like my home because it is cozy. But you know, even for us as clinicians, it's so important that when we go to our space, we feel calm, right? Because our clients are picking up on what is our nervous system saying? What is, is our nervous system activated or is it, you know, in a homeostasis um, spot and they're, they're going to tune to that. So, yeah, I mean, I think for us as clinicians, it's been hard too. Um, it was interesting. You know, you're asking like, what has telehealth been like for us as clinicians? I just got back to the office and you know, one of my teens that had been, you know, consistent prior to the pandemic and then consistent with uh, teletherapy throughout the, entire pandemic, she came to the office and I felt myself just shift. And I was like, you know, was kind of breathing a little rapidly and I, and I'm feeling it now. And I just said to her, I go, it's so good to see you, but I, I feel weird. And she's like, I feel weird too. (laughs) And we just had a conversation of, you know, yes, we've been seeing each other every week, but you know, we just met a process what's going on between us right now. And we moved through it and, you know, we kind of got back to our regular rhythm, but I did feel my mind just kind of like I was distracted and it was buzzy and it was, you know, so it's, it is very interesting as I think as we all transition out of like our homes and behind the computer yeah. and back into those in-person sessions, like what comes up for us, what I've been saying to each of my clients is like, I'm just taking it in strides. Like I have to honor and be sensitive to my own mental health so I can show up for each of you in the best way possible. And that for me looks like, you know, one day at a time and just assessing that each week. Mm-hmm. You know, I know for me, I cannot and will not you know, like flood myself with like everyone coming back at once. Cause I just think that would be. It's overwhelming, yeah. And it's really. so interesting how everybody's experience is different. And I did not like telehealth. Do not, do not enjoy it. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm pretty, pretty honest about that. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have to do what you have to do, but mm-hmm. it wasn't my cup of tea. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It yeah. just was, it, it was, it was, I think plus because I had all my three, have all my three kids at home. Yeah. So sometimes, you know, you're in the middle of session and your eight-year-old is screaming that they have diarrhea and they need help, <laughs> uh, you know, and your husband's on a 
call conference for his job. Your house, really? (laughs) (laughs) You know, and the dog's barking because he's screaming, and Mm -hmm. this person's crying about their dysfunctional family. Mm So it, you know, it 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 was a little challenging. But I Mm -hmm. think even in those moments, I mean, pretty, I, I have pretty decent relationship with all my clients where it was, um, you know, we laughed about it and realized that that's life. You know, we all have stuff going on. Right. And you're showing your humanness, right? So like, what has that process been like as our clients saw our humanness? Um, I know simply like some of my like male teens, right. Which I probably would think would be like the last person to say this. They would just look through the screen and be like, how are you? You're right. Mm. And like, just so simply that was just so touching. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you know, as you're saying like you have such a great rapport with so many of your clients that when they saw that, like, what was that experience like for you and what was that experience like for them? Absolutely. Because they worry about you mm-hmm. and they do ask, you know, mm-hmm. how you're doing and, mm-hmm. um, and that's, and then, you know, you can meta process that as well and say, mm-hmm. well, what does it mean for you to ask me that? And mm-hmm. why is that important to you and all that uh, stuff? So it, it has in, in a lot of ways brought you, brought us. I want to speak for all of us, but Mm me, um, closer to a lot of them, you know, um, Mm -hmm. but I do much prefer being a person. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. I would say it's funny because I'm like, "Uh, not for my age group. None of my kids are asking, (laughs) (laughs) but I do little angels. Yeah. They Mm -hmm. don't. I mean, cause they're not, I remember when I was a kid, oh my gosh, I, it, I remember the courage it took me the first time to ask somebody back how are you? And mm. they, cause people always asking kids, how are you doing? And you're like, I'm fine. <laughs> and then one time I was like, all right, you were going to ask, I'm fine. How are you? And that took a lot. So I think, you know, for the little kids, they're no, I don't want to be like, they don't care how I am. They're mm-hmm. not thinking enough to ask it, but I do find myself asking more pointedly when I'm talking with the parents now, like, how are you really, really? Mm-hmm. Like I'm really making sure to ask it, not just in a perfunctory, like, yeah, because everybody How's just says, going? I'm fine. Yeah, I'm like, no, like, how are you doing? Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, a few weeks ago, I'm like, this is week 12 of the pandemic. How are you doing this week? I think you that's know? such a great trail into um, how has our mental health as therapists been impacted? Mm-hmm. Um, my glaze over statement always was like, every day is different mm-hmm. in a very sing-songy way, basically mm-hmm. being, I'm, you know fine, which is an acronym for fucked up, insecure, neurotic, or emotional. <laughs> I'm all of those at different points in my day. Mm-hmm. Pre-pandemic, that was your response oh, to people? No, no, oh, no. Okay, pandemic. Gotcha. Okay. And pandemic kind of what I've landed on as of late is in this moment, in this hour, I am okay. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's just kind of been like my mantra. In this moment, in this hour, I'm okay. I am good. Right. Like everyone is well, everyone is safe. But that's not to say that I definitely didn't see my fair share of, you know, peaks and valleys throughout this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, which in like, and the end is question mark. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the problem, right? Mm-hmm. So many of the people that we treat and for ourselves as well, it's that anxiety of the unknown mm-hmm. and of the, I don't have control over this. Mm-hmm. And why does, why does that happen? You know, why do we have a lot of anxiety? It's usually around things that we can't, mm-hmm. we can't control or yep. we don't know what the outcome is or we don't know what, it, how it's going to work out. And this mm-hmm. is the big unknown. Mm-hmm. So it's taking our own personal unknowns and uncontrollable situations and making it a world thing as well on top of it. So mm-hmm. Just that chronic uncertainty. Yeah, very uncertain. That chronic trauma, right? Like Mm -hmm. just prolonged trauma, like Mm -hmm. our nervous systems being just activated for way too long and not being able to re-regulate back into an equilibrium. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think because there's so much unknown, I think just making as much of your day, time, week, 
known, like your scheduling is really important. So, mm. I mean, I kind of fell off of it, but those first like 12 weeks I was writing my like today is May mm. 23rd. Mm-hmm. It's oh, yeah, on the mirror. Yeah, on mm-hmm. my mirror because mm-hmm. it would it would have been so easy to like be like, it's, at that time, it's summer and I don't care what day it is. It was mm-hmm. like things are still weird and I, sh- I should at least wake up every day knowing what the date is and what the day of the week is. I would put like a little thing about the weather for like weeks in March. It was like cold, windy, cold, I love rainy. That. Um, but yeah, creating some sort of predictability and routine amidst like a longer term not knowing. So at least we know what we're going to do this week. We're going to blah, blah, blah. And you know you're going to – I mean, I think one thing I'm talking to parents about is like finding your anchor points. Mm. So like if meals is mm. like the thing that you're – like you – I mean, obviously kids always eat, but if that's something in your family where you're like – breakfast, lunch, and dinner, like we're all like sitting down and we're figuring this out. Or I know some families have pools, like swim time mm-hmm. is like your anchor time. Like you're swimming from 10 to 12 and then again from two to six, like family walks. Yeah. Whatever your yeah mm-hmm. physical activity, like making those be um, mm. visible somewhere in your house that like today at these times we're going to do it because yeah. that is predictable. Mm-hmm. And so it, it kind of fits, fills in the gaps yeah. of the unknown. Not all of it, obviously. I think something else that was helpful, and um, all of us can attest this. We're, um, you know, we're located in Monmouth County in New Jersey, and um, we have this wonderful um, group, this niche group of therapists, and we have a colleague Facebook group. And I feel as though so many of us really rallied to support one another on that Facebook group. Um, whether it was someone was just posting like silly meme right silly meme or like we were all advocating to extend telehealth and there's someone who's preparing a letter and we were all signing the petitions and we were sharing just you know hey this is my telehealth consent form um or someone was just posting like you know share your funny event from telehealth for the week so you know for me it was like we were remaining virtually connected to our monmouth county community I think also just even simply picking up the phone for 15 minutes, just, hey, how are you? Right? I know mm-hmm. I've we spoken did that on one. the phone to more people. I'm not a phone. I hate the phone. I, I hate don't. talking to people on the phone. I don't but want to either. What? I call you at least like I know, once I a day. I don't. I know. Now I know. No. <laughs> it's <laughs> no, different. It's actually it me. On. If you call me, I'm okay. It's I usually don't like person. making phone calls. Yeah. Yeah. I hate them. I don't but like it. I feel like during pandemic times, I have talked on the phone to a lot of people in a way that felt comfortable for me. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like, and again, like, I think one of the things I've been trying to practice is like gratitude. And so like connection to people, I was like, oh my gosh, like I never would have talked to this person on the phone. Mm-hmm. But yep. like at this point, like, you know, we're going into stuff. I'm like, I can't text about the pandemic or like mm-hmm. the ins and outs of this. Like, let's just talk on the phone. Mm-hmm. It's just easier. So I have been doing more phone calls mm-hmm. against my inner Inner, resistance yes (laughs) feel the fear and do it anyway yeah yeah absolutely so how about resilience how do we define it and why has resiliency been so necessary during this time period i loved this um quote i heard on a actually a podcast um it was tammy simon from sounds true hosted um danielle laporte and danielle had said Mm. resiliency as an act of deep homecoming and an ongoing practice of getting, quote unquote, back to truth, back to love, back to calm and back to trust. And I just, that resonated with me. Like I wrote it down and I just keep like playing it over and over in my mind. And I just feel like how deeply did we 
need this slowing down mm-hmm. or this, yeah. you know, what I keep calling this great American pause. I know me personally, <laughs> definitely. Do a documentary on it. Yeah. Um, but I just love all that. Back to calm, back to peace, back to trust, back to love. And what does that look like on a more macro level? Like what, what did our nation need? Um, what kind of leadership do we need? Um, how can we address our own internal fears from that place of love? What things have we been avoiding mm-hmm. and, you know, have been exposed and need to be addressed? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess I had thought about resilience as being how much crap can you deal with mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> before you like break? Mm-hmm. You could deal with a lot of crap. But I think even the breaking is part of the resilience. Like, yeah. I don't think it's, they're not mutually exclusive. I think you can be resilient and be broken. <laughs> And then rebuild yourself and come back and you're like, take those breaths. I mean, I'm, very, I'm very obviously much an advocate of breathing, mm-hmm. <laughs> but and like conscious breath. breath. <sighs> and like, yes, and like grounding. <laughs> <Anna, Tamara>, sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry I wasn't and, there. And feeling your feet on the Not floor. Not present today, guys. <laughs> yeah. Grounding. Um, do you know the four elements thing? Have I ever, have, do you know that one, Jackie? Earth, water, fire, and air. Yeah, there's a whole. There, it's an EMDR thing. Yeah, I'll like, we'll talk about it later. Okay, that'll be a whole okay. other podcast. Whole other mm-hmm. podcast. EMDR podcast. Okay. Um, I think the other thing is, and this has definitely been a theme with a lot of my teens, is like, let's look into that discomfort. You know, let's let's tap into that loss and that grief, and let's explore that. There's no avoiding it. It is smack dab right in front of our faces. We are losing. You know, the rest of the school year, we were losing graduations. We were losing summer camps. We were losing Trips, SATs, vacations. vacations, you know, family Which, I members. I mean, SATs you know. can go for all. Yeah. Uh, I, yes. I mean, I know However, if kids have put in the time and the work. <laughs> I don't so, want, I don't mean that part, but what I do mean is in, like. At a larger sense. Again, like when you look at, and I feel like I've talked to you both about like this idea of like, how do you balance the perception of the larger situation? I, I think like, yes, for schools to be like, okay, we're going to get rid of SATs like thank god like this probably needed to happen 20 years ago but there was such a financial yeah i think it had such a huge foothold and i think yeah SATs can go it was so interesting cuz i personally professionally there with you and then one of my teens who was like but i'm not the kid that did all these extracurriculars and i'm not the sports kid mm. And she was like, I was the kid that pushed my butt to get straight A's and have a 4.0 GPA and was going to get a 14.50. And that was my ticket in. And now mm. now who am I and what am I? Mm. And I was just like, oh, heartbreak. Mm-hmm. Because that was just like one of her big pieces that she knew was going to help her get into like a good university and mm-hmm. hopefully like foster scholarships and all that stuff. So mm-hmm. that That's was true, yeah. so eye-opening for me. I was like, yeah. I hadn't even thought about that. Because like, that was the opposite. Yeah, I, yeah. I scraped by <laughs> to get out of high school to get to college. And I feel like, I don't know. But yeah, again, it's like, so who, right now she's clients, kids are forced to look at who am I outside of these academic achievements. Totally. And the parents also have to look at what have we been telling kids is so important and valuable. What a great opportunity for social and cultural transformation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, is yes. are your grades and what you are able to accomplish like the most important thing about you as a person? Mm. And I think, I mean, this just came. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I think while we've been kind of, I don't want to say trapped, but sort of speak, mm. um, 
limited you know, limited in our, in our <laughs> movement mm-hmm. um and we've been home you know certain things have come about that have made us realize and i see this in my clients and i see this in myself as well you know some families kind of imploded and um you know exploded imploded i don't know how you want it, what you want mm-hmm. to call it you know a little bit of both a little bit of both and things kind of went haywire mm-hmm. and went all over the place mm-hmm. uh, or some families actually did the opposite and mm-hmm. um found each other and saw each other and Mm -hmm. I you know I I saw you know for myself I saw um in one of my children you know specifically like I was just in awe I'm like I didn't like I knew who they were but you know I was like wow you're a really cool person Mm -hmm. like you're Mm -hmm. pretty amazing Mm -hmm. and it was just so like it was in front of my face every day so it was much I mean I guess easier to see but it was Mm -hmm. pretty pretty eye-opening and I Mm -hmm. think um, mm. you know, that was, it was a blessing mm-hmm. during this time mm-hmm. for me. Yeah. I love that part of like getting to know your teens because they tend to be so adventurous and curious and yeah. have such like different ideas about what's going on in the world and their own morals and values. And so like to be able to like step into that with him is awesome. Yeah. Bravo. Bravo. Mom. <laughs> Good job, <laughs> Kudos, mom. mom. <laughs> um... Yeah, I mean, you hit on so many good points, like people coming together, but then also it was, I think it was hard for yeah. a lot of families, right? Yeah, and I, I, I'm, I mean, I'm still seeing some of the ramifications of what um, a lot of together time had. Yeah. The implications for a lot of families that weren't good when they mm-hmm. weren't together so much. And, mm-hmm. and yeah, it's, yeah, it was just not. Yeah, I mean, it's going to have a long-term imprint on our nation. Yeah. Yeah. And I also, again, I mean, my hope is that I'm thinking of a few families, like like you're saying, like the closeness has probably brought to light some things that maybe they were ignoring before, like family conflict that they just were like, we're home like three hours awake together every day. We don't really need to look at it. Mm. And when you're together all the time, you do really need to look at it. And then, of course, if you're engaged in therapy, you have your therapist (laughs) who's like, I'm seeing it. Can we all look at it together and let me help you? hopefully like walk through it and figure out what's on the other side of yeah. your discord and your, your family issues. Yeah. And some of them are willing and able, I think to take those steps and mm-hmm. look at it and, mm. you know, I'll be honest, you know, some are just not right or not yet. <laughs> I think also it's like, not you yet. know, growth mindset, not yet. <laughs> the, the American education system shutting down and then just, you know, parents having this work from home, um, it's cut off a lot of us to structure and stability and norm. Um, and just like who are people, our coworkers, our friends are, again, we were talking about like coaches, teachers that um, provide us with this, this normalcy and this connection and this, you know, enhancement in our self-esteem. And that was all stripped away real quick. Mm-hmm. I knew even like my gym community, I was like, I miss, you know, just that little like sense mm-hmm. of just like that me time for an hour a day. Right. Like, Mm-hmm. That was something that yeah. felt hard to lose. So. Yeah, I think the physical activity part, again, when you think about like how anxiety shows up, like some mm-hmm. t- some people freeze mm-hmm. and some people Fight. can't stop moving. Fight. Right. Fight. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And I think being able to, I mean, even working out at home is not the same. And I'm not necessarily, it's going to sound weird as a social worker and a therapist, like I don't, I'm not a people person. I don't love <laughs> people. I'm not a super extrovert. You're an introvert. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but I did really miss like g- 
going to class, mm-hmm. you know, like to my workout classes and having the option. I think like when you talk about being trapped is mm-hmm. like, it's one thing if I don't want to go to a class on a Sunday, but now I'm like, I can't mm-hmm. go to a class. And I mean, luckily now there's outdoor yoga. There's things that you can do outside and still like socially distance. And the first workout I did, I was like, I'm going to cry. This is mm-hmm. so, mm-hmm. I can't touch you. I don't want to touch you. I never mm-hmm. wanted to touch you. But, <laughs> but now I maybe can. Right now. I have the option to. Right now. The option <laughs> to be in a, in a group class setting and work out for 40 minutes. And yeah. Absolutely. Physical movement. Mm-hmm. Breath. Physical movement. And uh, what else? You can ask me to take a breath now. I'm just going to take it. I don't need to ask you. You can. I it's did up it. To you. <laughs> you want to take it? <laughs> um. The other thing, I mean, and I don't know, like, who's listening to this podcast. I think one thing I want parents to know is that regression during this time is totally normal. Your kids and your own. Mm-hmm. Like, I know that when all this started, like. My husband and I were like playing video games and watch it. We watched Chasing Amy. First of all, I've never seen Chasing Amy, and that could be another podcast for another time. Uh, but I was like, "What is like? What is this movie? Like, what are you doing? it's from like ninety two or ninety four or something." Movie. And he was like, "Oh my gosh, we used to watch this movie all the time." And so we were playing video games. We we're listening to music that we loved from mm-hmm. like being teenagers. And I think for kids, punk, yeah. So yes, mm-hmm. MXPX. He's been like very much yes. into. Mm-hmm. Finch, Blink One Eighty Two, yeah. Mm-hmm. And for little kids, I think it's like it's silly stuff, sort of like bedwetting and tantruming. And you were like, "Oh my gosh, I thought we were through this phase. Why are you now yeah. going back to baby you?" And again, I think it's because you know the virus has shown up, all this unrest has shown up, and is triggering. Mm-hmm. I just need to go back to a place of safety. Mm. And so the I think like just parents like nurture your kids, nurture whatever's showing up. If they're like melting down and you're like, I don't like it, just you can you can not like it and also just like give them like a big bear hug. Maybe throw a blanket on a weighted blanket on them. <laughs> I think you bring up such a good point. I know there's been there's definitely been regression with my teens who are like we've made such progress on this issue. You know, mm-hmm. and I feel myself as a therapist just struggling with that. And then how many clients um, we're on maintenance, you know, text me when you need, text me when yeah. there's an issue and then have, um, yeah. returned, you know, for more, um, consistent and scheduled sessions. So yes, people are 100% struggling. And if you are struggling, it is okay. There is support. There are resources. There are wonderful people in your community. It's, it's okay to say I'm not okay. Right. Yeah. And, and particularly, I mean, I want to bring up that a, a lot of people also with substance, mm-hmm. um, use um Mm -hmm. that was a big one for me where i saw a lot of people that we Mm -hmm. made a lot of steps Mm -hmm. towards maybe getting to a place where it wasn't um it wasn't used as a coping mechanism Mm -hmm. you know um go back and i want it and i always wanted to share and tell them that i understand why they're doing it i'm not telling them to do it but you understand almost Mm -hmm. why they're using some of those old um you know, tools that they had to deal with a lot of the stressors that are coming up. Mm-hmm. So that was a big one also that mm-hmm. I saw. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hashtag regression mm-hmm. is normal. Mm-hmm. Except regression. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Except yeah. everything. Yeah, mm-hmm. except it. Mm-hmm. But Jackie Embrace sometimes, it. Jackie has a thing where she says, she, where was it, radical acceptance. Remember you used to say, oh, I hate that one. Radical acceptance, oh, I, I want to deal with it. I hate that one. You hate radical acceptance? I just hate the concept of it. I'm like, it's just like you're just saying it's okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Mm-hmm. At this point, everything mm-hmm. has just had to be okay, right? So like, Or not. Except the not 
the not it being you, okay. yeah it's almost accepting not being at peace right mm-hmm. and the other thing is just being like super at least like for me and for my clients it's like just be really really compassionate and careful with your thoughts right so we have over sixty thousand thoughts per day and our minds are hardwired to always be on alert and perceiving threat and you know just making sure we're safe and so if we're always operating from that lens how you know how positive or you know maybe not so positive are our thoughts going to be um especially during a time that's yeah. loaded with fear and unsafety and uncertainty more thoughts go energy flows or whatever it is Man, attraction yeah. stuff. <laughs> you know if we lead from the heart right like it that is our place of healing and if we can lead from that place um I think all will be okay. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I think at the beginning when this started, I was, you know, I, I remember I was like, well, the whole world is generating so much fear and anxiety, and like yes. everybody, everybody together is just putting Buzzing. all this energy yep. out into the universe. I'm sorry, it sounds a little <laughs> hokey woo, or whatever. Woo, yes, woo, woo out there, but everybody's, you know, putting all this stuff yeah. out there, and it's mm-hmm. just coming back to us pretty well, because much. Because it does show up. I think there's vibes, mm-hmm. which I think people do perceive vibes and energy as like woo woo, but it is like you're saying too, is thoughts. Mm-hmm. It and is thoughts, thoughts, but thoughts. Words and calls and texts, and like you're saying, like this is all information that mm-hmm. is traveling. At frequencies, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. I mean, thoughts are frequencies and energy. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you right. believe that, you know what I mean. Right. Our, our mm-hmm. being, our, our soul, our souls. Soul. Yes, our exactly. Energy. What we put yeah. out there, and it's kind of what we think is what we see. And if we, if we're always seeing bad, I mean, that's what we are going to see. And mm-hmm. if we, th- if, if we think of people as generally kind, maybe we'll see more kindness out there. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Look at her face. I mean, no, no. I'm thinking back to <laughs> when I. I know. I mean, this is going to be real woo woo. So I lived in Boulder, Colorado. I had friends that were from Fairfield, Iowa. There's a huge meditation community out there. Anyway, when I was driving back from Colorado, um, I stopped in Fairfield where her family's from. Shout out to my ruse. They know who they are. And I paused and meditated in that community because they have this huge transcendental meditation community. And the vibration that I experienced Amazing. in that meditation was like no other. It was like ecstasy. I was like, this whole town is just vibrating these amazing feelings. Mm-hmm. But so then you on the, need to bottle it. I need to bottle it. it. I wish I had it right now. Um, <laughs> but on the flip side, what you're saying is like energetically, everyone is vibrating anxiety, fear, you know, crisis and mm-hmm. uncertainty, not knowing and get all the toilet paper. Right. So. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, as much as you can too, is like ma- monitoring your own totally like vibration. Yeah. yeah it's like, point. like you're saying, like when we're looking around, like I can definitely now better than 10 years ago, identify like, Ooh, that's your stuff over there. That's like, mm. that's mm-hmm. your, and maybe it's bad. I don't want to say like, Oh, it's bad vibes. It's anxious vibes. It's anxious right. energy that I'm like, then I, I'm able to, to, to parse out. And what I've been doing a lot of too, is like just breathing, and sending, <laughs> sending, sending it. I'm like, okay, whatever's mm-hmm. going on over there. It sounds really stressful for you. I'm just going to breathe over here. And I've been having my kids do it on the calls. Like you're saying, like siblings screaming in the background. So if mm. we hear somebody in distress, I'm like, ooh, I hear someone having a hard time. Let's take a big breath and send them good energy. <laughs> I love that. You know, And also just like doing these telehealth sessions like has allowed for those like in the moment, like... Okay. Practices, yes, and right. Practice, like, yes. Who walks into the room and there's an eye roll? Well, yeah. I'm on the phone, mom. Yeah, or <laughs> arguments or this, like that. Yeah, because yeah. they're in their natural environment, and yeah. I think because we, you know, I mean, our offices are artificial environments. Let's mm. just make it what it is. They mm-hmm. are, you know, they come mm-hmm. in, and that's why, you know, I sometimes I do a home sessions. I'll, 
well, not a lot, but sometimes. And I always actually really enjoy seeing what the dynamics are like in mm -hmm. the house and the environment because you have somebody coming in week after week and they're telling you they're depressed. And then you actually walk into their house and you're like, oh, oh, your whole shit. environment is depressing. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And I would you be really depressed too. you understand mm. on a different level what mm -hmm. that's really about. Yeah. So that's been impactful. I breathe. <laughs> put, put both feet on so the floor. If you can, if you're not Still driving while you're listening to this. Yep. Deep breaths Stay in the grounded. belly breaths. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, so we also want to offer just some ideas and resources. You know, Malia has this great idea of, you know, exercise, outdoor workout classes if you're feeling comfortable. Um, I know there's been groups that therapists have been offering that, you know, are coronavirus related, whether it was, you know, I, I lost a loved one and family member and I'm, and I'm grieving and then overwhelmed. Um, I know there's there's been more virtual groups like that. And the great part about that is you don't have to be in Monmouth County, but you could join, you know, even if you're in South Jersey or North Jersey or even out of state, you know, so those are things that I think are great that are being offered. The other thing, and I loved this, um, I'm drawing a blank on which university it was, but one of the universities is offering free classes right now. So you could take an online class at a, at a university and, you know, you can make it something, whether it's like a self-help class or, you know, class on plants, like whatever is of interest, a Spanish class, you know. Mm -hmm. um, I have a few. Um, I know Harvard yeah. has one. And so I have the website. It's yeah, cs50.harvard.edu slash summer slash 2020 slash um, that one's specific to computer science and programming. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm sure if you click around, you can find other free ones. There's also classcentral.com. Mm -hmm. And then I found openculture.com, which is if you click on their free courses, I, of course, looked up the psychology one because I'm like, why not take more? <laughs> why not geek out? Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's definitely. And I think it's interesting because I don't know if the, if you guys have noticed a shift, too. I think that those first when we thought this was two weeks, like mm -hmm. so many places were like free this, free this. And I was like, yes, I'm going to sign up for this. I learned mm -hmm. how to do the brush lettering thing. <laughs> and then we cut, there was like a lull again, like this is such like an energy mm -hmm. thing is like now things are going back to like, mm, you can pay us $30, you can pay whatever. Mm -hmm. And maybe you can. I think also though, if you just reach out to people and you say like yes. due to financial constraints specifically related to the coronavirus, like I think you have to be specific. Yeah. Um, I'm sure people will work with you, but yeah, learn something new. And again, like, I think this is such a great time to like use some of the downtime. Yeah. Productively. To, yeah. yeah. Um, the other thing I was going to say is even as healthcare providers, right? Like we've been burnt out and a, a lot of companies were offering and like North face was offering like a 50% discount. Um, Lululemon was offering like a 25% discount for healthcare workers, which I thought was really wonderful because we are. We are exhausted. Mm -hmm. tired. We, are, we are tired. It's mm -hmm. been it, our job. I said to my friends, I love my job. My job is so hard right now. Yeah. Um, another thing that is great are some of the meditation apps that have been offering some free re resources. So Calm, which offers sleep stories and meditations, um, and Headspace have been offering um, uh, different programs right now that um, – you know, can help us feel a little bit stronger, help us feel like we have, you know, something in control, um, help us feel more capable. So, yeah. yeah. And I'm, I, the, 
YouTube. Use YouTube. YouTube. Yes, absolutely. You know, yeah. for meditations and things, it's all free. I oh, mean, yes. just there's um, two channels. There's so, yes. and you can follow well, channels, so and channels. there are wonderful, wonderful people who are putting out a lot of good and content, content yeah. mm-hmm. and it's free. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Just it's meditations. There's mm-hmm. you know affirmations, anything, mm-hmm. even exercise or yoga to follow yeah. along or do in your home. You can do that. And this, this is like, um, just, and I mean, this is like, I think great for just all of us is like limiting the media consumption and the phone time. Mm-hmm. Um, everything's changing and happening so quickly. And so that can create a lot of confusion for us. Um, you know, as you feel safe, like being outdoors is really grounding. Um, maintaining a sleep schedule is huge, moving your body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I find that if I can get in bed, there, I definitely had some like weird weeks mm-hmm. where I was like up super late mm-hmm. and reading a bunch of articles. French fries in bed. I oh wish. My yeah, me my too. My husband would kill me. And we're not allowed to eat in the bed. <laughs> Picnic? Silly. <No>. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think I've been trying to limit. The thing is, too, is like watching news and reading news to me mm-hmm. hit different. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like if I can read an article because mm-hmm. I can control more of it, I can just stop reading an article. Whereas opposed to if I'm watching like a video or news, like it, it just feels like there's so much, like we're talking about energy, like mm-hmm. I'm getting like the person's energy and just all the footage can mm-hmm. be a lot. a lot. I'd rather yeah. read an article mm-hmm. and revisit just, it. Yeah. As opposed Take as much to as you want from watching it. the news. Yeah. But it, it's hard, I think, for people too, to balance like needing to know and go into the source to get what you need to know. But then it becomes a vicious cycle because you don't ever really learn anything. You yeah. don't, I feel like watching the news for two hours, like nothing changes. They nothing. just change the packaging. I was it. always looking for like the positive. <laughs> every I would watch that coronavirus news conference every single day for like a good two, like mm-hmm. for a while. I haven't seen it anymore. Like mm-hmm. I haven't, don't watch it anymore. My mm-hmm. husband used to call Judy the health commissioner like with hey, judy's on your best friends on with yeah scarf. with the scarves yeah she looks like my mom um she does i, I told she her that like a lot of people she's just like older <laughs> she, she, she was a stylish older woman and my mom's like i look like her it's not a bad thing i'm not whatever but anyway but i i was always like looking for like the silver lining and what they right. were talking about i'm like mm-hmm. okay it's going down I think yeah you would text me though yes. i was like uh-huh <laughs> I, I, I was i had a whole theory that we were going to be open and going by cinco May de mayo one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow you said you were going to have work out tequilas by then yeah <laughs> well, okay you, we're just a month later you can have tacos <laughs> and tequila at home outside yeah. <laughs> outside in your backyard <laughs> planning it <sighs> all right see, collective deep breath <laughs> see good so anyone last minute thoughts we wrap up we're all in this together mm-hmm. yes mm-hmm. Yeah, did you we got to one? realize that we're all more alike than we are different mm-hmm. we're connected yes. yes yes and also i the one thing i wanted to say i forgot to say this was like as much as our clients needed us i so needed each of you oh my god yeah and what like joy and happiness like seeing their faces and hearing their stories and holding space for their trials and tribulations like brings to my every day like Mm -hmm. i need them Mm -hmm. absolutely a hundred percent i I told them that yeah yes they 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 brought that sense of normalcy to us too yeah Mm -hmm. yeah yeah Yeah. adore them beautiful So next time on Two Therapist Tales, please join us as we dive into the intersection of mental health and the current racial and social climate. And our closing quote is from Dory from Finding Nemo and just keep swimming. Thank you, everyone. Thanks. See you next time. 
This podcast should not be used as a substitute for therapy or mental health treatment. Please reach out to a licensed professional or facility if you are struggling and need to talk to someone.